How's it going this week, everybody? This week I'm gonna be having Angela on, and she came on to share her encounter with a puck wedgie. It's a very interesting encounter, and you really don't hear about these things too often. I've only talked to a very small handful of people that have ever had encounters with these creatures, and the last person I had on the show for a puck wedgie encounter was well over a year ago. It was one of our first episodes. Also, quick shout out to everybody that's been signing up for the membership. I do appreciate it. You guys really help support the show. If you are interested in signing up for the membership, you can get early access to new content over at challengetheunknown.com. Thanks for listening. What happened is that in my bedroom, I was five years old, and I happened to wake up one night. And um, when I woke up, I was instantly scared. And I woke up also because I remember my bed sheets. I had soaked through, um, you know, I was sweating so bad, I had soaked through the bed sheets. And I woke up, and in my room, I had a nightlight on the opposite end of the wall that cast a shadow kind of alongside my bed. So it wasn't like, the nightlight was on the, on the left side of my bed, but it cast a shadow. So I woke up and I was instantly terrified and I didn't know why. So I opened my eyes and once I opened up my eyes, what I saw was at the very end of my bed, I saw a shadow being cast on the wall. And it was a very clear shadow because my bed was right next to the wall. And I saw this little tiny thing, no more than two, three foot tall. And, um, it, what this thing was doing was it was actually peeking up at the end of my bed and it would kind of pull itself up and peek over the bed. And whenever it would actually get to the top of my bed, I would actually go ahead and, um, close my eyes. Um, but the, what scared me the most about it is, you know, when I was a kid, you know, especially when you're a kid and you think about monsters and things like that, you know, you're going to think of something big and scary. This thing was not big and scary. It was really small. It was at the end of my bed. And what, no, what I noticed most about it is that on the shadow on the wall, it kind of had like, at the time I described like spikes of hair, spikes of hair, but, um, it was just very long and it kind of looked like at the time as a kid or even getting older thinking about it, you know, I would kind of describe it as a miniature Bigfoot. And the only reason I would consider it a miniature Bigfoot was just because of the amount of fur or hair this thing had coming off of it. Um, this memory was ingrained into me. And at the time I did not know what it was. Um, and then as I got my thirties, you know, but as an adult, I would always come back and think, you know, really, what was that? Um, I, I wasn't dreaming. Uh, and, um, through my research in my thirties, I started doing the Google research and, you know, I was looking up things like little Bigfoot, little cryptids. And like, I'm not a person that's really into Bigfoot or UFOs or things like that. Um, but this memory just kept aggravating me. I wanted to find out, you know, what it was that I saw. So across my research, I came across what was known as called the, um, a Pukwiji, a Pukwiji, sorry. And um, once I actually saw an image of the Pukwudgie, and it was actually, um, I guess there's a Pukwudgie in Harry Potter. I don't really follow Harry Potter, but it didn't look anything like that. But if you look up like what a Native American Pukwudgie is, um, what really drew me to that and what really kind of cemented in my mind that that's what I saw was the spikes on the back of its head. And apparently the spikes I saw were very porcupine quill-like. 
And I just have a very vivid memory of the shadow that I saw being cast on the wall had these porcupine spikes on it. And it terrified me. I did not know what it was. I don't know what it wanted. <laughs> That's the only time I ever saw that. And even to this day, I'm still just kind of, I don't know what it was doing. I don't know why it was in my bedroom. Um, I live in Southwest Ohio, which I believe is not a traditional area where the Pukwudgie was. Um, I believe they're mostly seen over in the Northeast, um, Pennsylvania, Maine, those areas. Um, however, I have seen them can be listed as the Great Lakes region, but I'm as far south as Ohio, pretty much as far as you can get. Um, but the area that I grew up in, it was actually right next to um, Miami, Oxford, um, Houston Woods. There are like state national parks there. Um, but where the area where I was at was more a little bit more farmland mixed with a bit of the woods. So it was terrifying. I still remember to this day. And, you know, the interesting thing that I, that, that I think about, because when I posted my story to Reddit, a lot of people were telling me, oh, that's a classic case of sleep paralysis. Now, I'm pretty open. And, you know, I do like to try to consider other people's opinions. And, you know, and, you know even if it was sleep paralysis, you know, let's say it was sleep paralysis. How in the world would my five-year-old brain imagine the exact description of a puckwudgie? Well, here's the, here's the you know, other thing too: is you aren't you are not the first person to come on my show and describe this creature. You're actually the second, um, and the other person that described the identical creature is you. Uh, he we, he went by a Brodo, and he described this creature middle of the day. You know, they they were on vacation in this wooded area and he saw this thing you know small humanoid creature and he didn't know what it was you know he had to go online and figure it out you know through asking on forums and and just mm -hmm. doing a little bit of research to figure out what this creature was and where the folklore is on this thing so you know even if yours was sleep paralysis which i don't think it was which we'll get into in a second here there's all these other accounts. People are seeing something, so they can't all be written off as a sleep paralysis experience. And by the way, I have had sleep paralysis. Fuck sleep paralysis. It is the worst thing that you can possibly experience. Uh, hallucinations while you're paralyzed. It's, it's just absolutely awful. You're like time warping in between like unconscious and conscious. It's super weird. Um, so let's, let's ask you this first. So you were able to see this thing moving like the shadow yeah. and then you were did you ever at any time lay eyes on the entity itself never directly um but the but that my bed was so close to the wall that the shadow was very clear it wasn't like the shadow was being cast five six feet away where it kind of gets distorted my bed was right next to the wall so the so the shadows were very very crisp and i had a really good night life because my brother and i we had, we had a couple of experiences in my room besides this thing. Um, and, you know, I have a really good memory. I, I really do, always have. And, um, yeah, so I don't think – my thing is that even if it was sleep paralysis, the stories of what I hear about that is that it's demons. It's, you know what I mean, like spirits. This was not <laughs> that. Um, and you know, like I said, even if it was sleep paralysis, you know, as a kid, if I'm thinking of a monster or something coming to get me, I'm not going to think of something that's two foot tall. You're going to think you of know, the I'm big, gonna think of something that's big. Yeah. right. I won't think of like the boogeyman, like coming to, you know what I mean? And 
Um, you know, and I have had, I do remember some nightmares I had as a kid where I'm like, no, that was definitely a dream. I used to have a dream of this nun walking through the, um, looking out my bedroom window and there was a church behind my, behind the townhouse. And I used to have this dream where this nun was walking through the um, churchyard and then I would turn to my side and she would be standing right next to me. And she had like a skeleton face, but that was a dream. This was not a dream. <laughs> right. So you definitely saw this creature. And how long did this encounter last from from start to finish when you first saw that shadow till, you know, whatever happens at the end? Well, I was so scared. And it's the only time in my life where I have been scared where I cannot move. And um, it, I would say it probably lasted five, ten minutes. Okay. Because I, I just kept closing my eyes, every, and it kept doing the same thing over. It kept reaching up, trying to peek over the bed, and um, I can't remember if it was trying to touch my feet. Maybe that's what woke me up. Um, but, you know, some research I found is that, you know, with these pukwudgies, they're supposed to be tricksters, and they're supposed to mislead people. But I've also read that, according to the Native American legend, they will kidnap your kids. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it was trying to do, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, you know, growing up, I had a really, really chaotic childhood. So I don't know, but I, I don't know how it got in my room. I, I just don't know. I don't know how it ended. I just remember waking up, seeing this thing and it, it did the same thing repeatedly. And it is so crisp, clear image in my head. And, um, you know, I just don't see my brain making up a, a monster. If I'm going to think of a monster, it's going to be something big and hairy or something, you know, huge that I'm going to be terrified of, not two, three foot tall. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that, you know, and I wish that I had more information for you on these things. Like if you were to ask me about flying saucers or Sasquatch or something like that, I could give you a long list of encounters and theories on that stuff. But with the puck wudgies, the stories are so rare. I've only ever found one other person that's had an experience with this. And he was on my show a long time ago. I mean, it's been well over a year. Like I said, this was back way at the beginning. And he actually just made like his own little video recounting his story on YouTube and you know, uploaded it because he's like, I've never seen this thing before. I've never seen it again, but I know what I saw. It wasn't sleep paralysis like you are accused of. Right. So, on, you know, so he was like middle of the day. I saw this thing. I know what it was, you know, and we just bailed out of there, you know, so I don't know. And it's just they're so yeah, rare. It almost makes me feel. Yeah, and something makes me feel like, you know, it might even have something with, like, a spiritual element to it. Maybe it's just something, like, interdimensional. Like, I don't know, because, like, how would it get in my bedroom? And it's funny, because when I became an adult, I was actually was looking in the same, looking to move into that same area, because I went to Miami, Oxford. And, um, and I actually had the, they asked me, do you want to rent? My very same apartment was up for rent again. They were like, oh, you can live in this apartment. And, you know, that apartment I grew up in until I was in sixth grade. So from the time I was a baby, like that was my home. And I flat out refused to take that apartment. Yeah. I said, no, I'll take a different apartment. I don't want this apartment. <laughs> like just, I don't know, too much stuff. And the thing with the puck wedgies thing is that, you know, it's not very well known. I just happened to stumble across it when I was in my thirties and was just, once I saw there was a particular picture I saw where it show, showed the porcupine, you know, coming off the back of the head. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is what I saw. 
Yeah, man, they're, they're interesting creatures, that's for sure. I, I, I have no idea what they are. I have no theories on them. I just know that some people have seen them, and from young ages like yourself to a Brodo who was just a grown man who saw this thing in the middle of the forest, you know? So, what do you think this thing is, you know? Do you think it's an interdimensional creature? Do you think that there's some type of, like, fairy tale thing you know do you think they're like some kind of spirit you know what do you think these things are i just think that there's so much that we don't know that the possibility and i'm open to the other theories that you know the fact that it was able to get in my house and in my bedroom you know there has to be something more to it um my family and i i'm very empathetic like um even when i was a child i was super empathetic and i don't know if that draws certain things to me um, you know, but like I said, I've never seen, I've never seen a Bigfoot. I've never seen a UFO. <laughs> um, I didn't know what this thing was and there's gotta be something to it. I mean, there's just so much we don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think you could probably, you could probably make that argument really strongly because these things are very rare and they, if they were a physical entity, like a small person, I feel like encounters would be a little more common, you know? And, you know, mm -hmm. people will argue that Bigfoot encounters are rare, and they're definitely not. I think there are a high percentage of misidentifications, but Sasquatch is something that I firmly believe in, and I, I think mm -hmm. that they are 100% real. You know, um, there's, mm -hmm. I used to work in wildlife biology before I did this show, and there's something called the 5500 principle, which is basically the... In theory, you would need a population of 500 with groups of 50 that are intermixing with each other to prevent genetic bottlenecking for a species to go extinct. Obviously, right. there are exceptions to this. So I think people underestimate also how, how big the United States wilderness areas still are today. I think people are, are too much in the cities. Nowadays, there are there are still dead zones where if you go in there and you get hurt, no one's coming for you. So, you know, right. you know, I think that there is something to that. But the Pukwudgie, I don't know, man. I think they're a spiritual thing. You know, in in my opinion, I I I, I do too because you know the fact that I felt and here's the thing, like any experience I've had, um, you know, other experiences I've had were much more <laughs> ghost in nature, I guess you would say. Um, I've always felt it before I've seen it. Right, and you and you like, said you felt this thing before. Yes, absolutely, and it was one of those things. And I think that's what that's what made this stick out of my mind so much was that you know before I even seen it, before I even opened my eyes, I knew something was wrong. Something's not right. And you know, being five years old, like you know, I have very clear memories of when I was a child, um, and. It, it this just is one of those memories that is super clear and you know i know what i saw and here and like i'm not i'm a very logical person um you know i have a i've same, had the same job for 10 years i actually um have a degree in teaching <laughs> you know i teach adults all day long now i work for a retailer company you know this is not something that you know in my normal daily life i would go out looking for this is just something that happened Right. Yeah. Now that's 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 one of the reasons that I do this show. That's it's always fun. I, so 
let me let me kind of phrase this in a certain way. So the whole topics of flying saucers, cryptozoology, ghosts, paranormal, all all of that is shoved under the crazy umbrella because there are so many, I hate to say it, but wackos associated with this stuff, you know? And that are, you know, in their RV out in Yosemite National Park with a tinfoil hat on doing, you know, who knows what out there talking about how they keep getting abducted by aliens every Thursday night. You know, there's there's all that. So people discount these experiences and there's a real hunger for people to hear the blue collar average everyday person's accounts of these things. And that's why I do the show is because, you know, I think that there are credible people with stories to tell and that's why i do the show and that's why i have an audience i think that that they're really receptive to that is because they're hearing stories where it's hey this person clearly isn't some nut job and they're saying they saw this thing that's completely unexplained so yeah no i believe you i think your story is credible i don't think it was sleep paralysis because other people are seeing these things and uh you know, young child is going to imagine the big boogie monster rather than a two foot little person coming to get them in the middle of the night. So right. I think you saw what you what you think you saw, you know. So, you know, I think I think, you're I think the area that I lived in, I think the area that I lived in, you know, probably had a big part, too, because when I lived in that city, you know, like I said, it's a very small city, but um, it's probably I would say 20 miles from Miami, Oxford. You know, there's a lot of Native American history there. And I don't know if it's related to that, um, you know, but kind of like that cursed Native American land, the story. But my brother and I, you know, we had a lot of experiences in that room and not just this particular creature. But, you know, there was one night I woke up and I looked across the room and there was this I called it a man. I don't know what it was. It was six foot tall, had unusually long arms, and he kept touching my brother and looking at me. You know, so there was a lot of different experiences we had in this particular area, you know, that I have not had in the new in my area, other areas that I've lived in. So that was horrifying. That was very and I told my mom about it the next day, and her response was, "Why didn't you get up and turn on the light?" You know, and I tried to explain to her, you know, like. I called it a man. It wasn't really, but I think that it, it goes back to that particular area where I lived. Something's not right about that area. It, it very well might be, you know. Um, I always say I don't, I don't know enough about Pukwudgie lore to comment on the origins of it and whether or not it's it has origin in Native American, um, or whether it's just like they have stories of it, or if it it has origins in Native American culture. Like, I think the Skinwalker in particular does have, um, like, its creation is associated with Native American culture. I, I don't remember, their, or if it's just a story that they were, like, documenting, if that makes sense, in their folklore. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if, that's that's why I'm always careful with this stuff, is because it's like, what if, what if it doesn't have to be Native American land for these things to exist? What if this was just something that was in forested areas... For whatever reason, right. and then the Native Americans, because they were there, were documenting these stories, it, and it might not necessarily be associated to areas that exclusively associated with areas that they lived in. So, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about the Lord to comment on that, but I think that who knows, maybe these things were, um, were just happened to be in the same area. But from what you're saying, is that that dark figure 
you know, who knows? There might be something tainted with the land. Who knows? I, I don't know, but I just remember being a child and, you know, all kinds of things would happen. And even as an adult, you know, I'm not the type of person when things go bump in the night, I get up and look for a reason. You know what I mean? Cause like I'm looking for, you know, other ways to discount what I'm seeing. And, um, you know, with that particular memory, it is just very strong. I know what I saw. It's very crisp. It's very clear. And, you know, and I've never, to my knowledge, I've never experienced sleep paralysis at all. So. Now, if you experience sleep paralysis, you will know. Like, you will know it's, it's half conscious, half not conscious. And if, when you, for those who have never experienced sleep paralysis, if you experience sleep paralysis, you will absolutely know you experience sleep paralysis. It's terrifying. You cannot move. You are physically paralyzed. You're trying to move and you physically can't and it's mm-hmm. like like i said if you have sleep paralysis you'll know you know um tell me tell me a little bit more about we're, we're running out of time but i, I want to jump back to that thing you saw touch your brother let's 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 do that real quick what <sighs> what did you see yeah, you so know like this thing okay so it's not like i, I would call it alien like and here's the thing. I don't believe in aliens. So I don't know if it was an alien spirit, but this thing was probably five, six foot tall. It was really tall. I remember that. And it was kind of like had skinny, but the arms were super long. Like the arms, I would say probably would go down to like it's mid thigh kneecap area. If you want to compare that to like a person. And what it was doing is it was just, it was standing in the same spot. And again, I felt it before I saw it. You know, and it just happened on my eyes and it kept touching my brother on his arm and then it would, and then it would take its hand away and then it would turn its head and look at me because we were in opposite beds on the opposite side of the room. So it just kept doing that over and over again. But I would say if I could describe it physically, it was really super tall, had super long arms, but its middle was kind of apple shaped, kind like kind of bigger in the middle. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And, um, you know, I've never had experience with aliens, but my brother and my mom swore that they saw in the same area. Um, they said that one time there was a thunderstorm and when the clouds parted, they saw UFO. My two brothers and my mother both all are adamant about it. I don't remember that particular. I don't remember seeing it. I'm not saying it was related at the same time or the same instance that I just described, but um, that was terrifying. That was absolutely terrifying too. And again, it was in the same bedroom. Um, so is it just yeah, a so, dark figure? Was it, you know... Okay, or... so like my light... Yeah, we had a window in the room, and the way that the window was, the moonlight would always cast its shadow or cast this light on towards my brother's bed. So it was lit up by the moonlight. And this was not like a dark shadow person or dark shadow. I saw it. It was light... I want to say like a light gray color. It was kind of uniform. Like, I didn't see any clothes on it or anything like that. I mean, it was just a very tall figure. And um, it just kept touching my brother and looking at me. Whoa. And so it was I, physical. I yeah, it was absolutely physical. That was absolutely physical. This was, and I saw it because the light, the moonlight was casting on it. Could you see its eyes and, or just little details in the dark? I don't remember its eyes. Um, I, I can remember it had a distinctive face. I can remember, you know, I saw the outline, um, but I was mostly focused on its hand because I was watching it move its arm and touch my brother and then, and then just look at me. 
I, I don't know what that was. That was terrifying. And um, I was, again, that would have been about five or six years old. Um, never had any experience since. Like I said, I told my mom about it. And the thing is, it's like I would tell my mom about things all the time. And, um, you know, and she would just kind of, she, even now she'll say, you know, she thinks there's something up with me, <laughs> like me personally. Um, we actually, um, we're not very close. We're not very close for a couple of years. And then when I moved back from Los Angeles, um, in 2010, we shared an apartment and, um, she's convinced that there is activity just follows me. Um, there was one instance when I was standing in the hallway and I was telling my mom, I was like, I was nervous. I was like, mom, something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. And I'm sitting there looking at her in her bedroom and my bedroom door, which is probably about five feet away, slammed shut by itself. So I don't know if it's family related, if it's just things like that, but you know, and like, she wasn't never a believer of any of that. But when we shared that apartment together, she had a couple instances that was just like, you have ghosts to follow you. you I, I can't <laughs> be around you, <laughs> you that's, know, and she ended up moving out because she couldn't handle it. That's fair. Interesting. I've experienced a door slam too. That's not fun. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're actually, uh, we're running out of time here. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and wrap this up, but no, your stories were fantastic that, six foot tall creature is really freaky whatever it is um and then the yeah, pakwaji man is, it don't, and it just it, this, the alien thing doesn't it doesn't fit the normal alien description it wasn't a small gray alien dude it was big it was tall and it was in my room you know i've seen photographs of six foot tall ones and i've had people on my show that have described six foot tall humanoid gray alien like creatures so not to freak you See, out. And I'm not, I don't really follow. <laughs> yeah. I don't really follow that stuff. So that's new to news to me. I didn't know there was descriptions yep, of there, like that. There's a variation where they're six feet tall and several people I've talked to several people that have seen them. So, um, yeah, not to freak you out, but, uh, Thanks for coming on my show, okay. Angela. That was uh, that was great, and I will send you an email when everything is post uh, all the post production is done, and we'll be in touch. 